0: Hello and welcome to the Get French Football News Show on July 1st, 2018. I'm Eric Devinen. Our host this evening is Adam White. We'll be joined by Jeremy Smith as well to review France's 4-3 win over Argentina. Adam, take it away.
1: Yeah, thanks, Eric. Um, Yeah, hello and welcome to the Get French Football News Show, a special World Cup edition. Um, I'm Adam White, as Eric mentioned, and this evening, Eric and Jeremy join me once again. Uh, just a quick rem- a quick reminder before we talk all things Le Bleu and their last sixteen win over Argentina that you can follow us on Twitter at gffn and to find all the latest news, opinion, podcasts and feature articles on French football as a whole, check out getfootballnewsfrance.com. dot com. So. Um, France are finally France. France are finally here, chaps. Let's dive in. Um, Jez, we'll start with you. Your reaction to to France finally turning up at the World Cup in Russia? A brilliant game and uh, a super a superb performance. No.
2: Uh, yeah, fabulous performance. Um, uh, I'm torn about this sort of finally turning up. I guess you can look at it either way. And you know the. I don't know if it was kidology, but everything that Deshawn, the players, were saying beforehand turned out to be true. Whether they were sort of trying to convince themselves when they were playing badly in their first three matches that they were sort of pacing themselves, they were purposely doing the bare minimum to preserve energy and everything. I'm not sure if that if that was entirely the case, but it certainly sort of been borne out and vindicated by by the way they played yesterday. Um, I think. To be fair, Argentina were sort of a perfect match-up, um, you know, with a, a very slow defence and, and willingness to to attack and leave spaces. But you can't fault the way that, that France um, exploited it. And obviously, you know, it's a bit shocking the, the number of people who seems not to have heard of Mbappe <laughs> before the match, but certainly he's a you know a, a worldwide household name now.
1: Absolutely, his his performance was, I I think, not necessarily as uh, out of the blue. I I think, like, given his performances for Monaco last season, and he's threatened to this kind of thing for PSG, and he's sort of come close a few times. Eric, this season, um, Mbappe, the difference for you against Argentina?
0: Yeah, I think clearly. I think that the tactics obviously had their hand. I think that entire midfield, Matuidi, Pogba, and Kanté all had strong matches as well. But I think this is the Mbappe that. We thought we'd see uh, down the back end of 2016-17, as you mentioned, when Monaco progressed so far in the Champions League, one Liga. Uh, again, he. I, I think that his there were certainly some growing pains this past season at PSG, uh, but again, he was being played really out of position, I, I think, or at least in a position that was new to him um, at PSG, and I think that also not not having the same freedom of the pitch that he had w- with Monaco. you know. Obviously, he had to see position in terms of his importance on the pitch to the likes of Neymar and Itzin Cavani. Um, but I think that Didier Deschamps and setting the team out this way, and his teammates as well, recognized how incandescent, how brilliant he can be if he's given that amount of freedom. We saw it, you know. even though I think one would argue when uh, Mbappe had come through that he wasn't necessarily the, the superstar of that team. We would look at a player like Aratomel Falcao, Thomas Alamar, maybe even João Moutinho based on reputation. But those players saw just how much of a difference Mbappe could be in turning a match on its head in a matter of seconds. And I think that they're willing to subsume some, some of their own egos in, in order to allow them to, to play with that sort of freedom. And I think that Deschamps tactically and his teammates as well in terms of their responsibility uh, saw what a difference that Mbappe could make you know, from their matches early, early stages and allowed themselves to uh, have that be the case going forward, and I, I think so. Credit to to Deschamps for for striking that balance, even though it may have seemed slightly negative on the at the outset to play Matuidi in that role, but uh, also to for for the teammates for following his following that role um, with with such dedication to allow him to succeed in that way.
2: I think i um, backing up what Eric said. It was interesting that. I can't remember if it was um Jonathan News article. He wrote a really glowing article about Mbappe and the Independent yesterday, but um someone anyway said that, you know, Mbappe's role for PSG is basically to serve Cavani and and Neymar rightly or wrongly. And certainly I think he a lot of the season he seems quite starstruck by by Neymar. Um whereas yesterday, um, I think they sh- they showed on French TV um sort of a hidden microphone, well, not hidden, but a microphone caught Deschamps sort of shouting at Pogba, "Pull, pull!" Every time you get the ball, give, give, give it to Killian So you know so he certainly thrived being the being the main man this time around.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that he certainly was the main man. It was an interesting because I, I rewatched the game. This morning, and I, 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 sort of felt like that Mbappe's performance was, although brilliant, I felt like, and obviously he affected the game far more than anybody else. He did so in, in, in spurts, if you like. You, you think about the, 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 the run for the penalty, which was unreal. The amount of, the, the sheer change of pace and direction that he has is, is, is insane. And what I thought was a superb finish, which didn't make, you know, didn't make too many sort of headlines. I guess the first goal where he he nutmegs the defender, I think, and then sort of fires it under the goalkeeper. Maybe some questions over the Armani there, and obviously rounding off the team move. Um, uh, any highlights for you, Eric? And and how, how high how high is is Mbappe's ceiling? Do you think based on the performance yesterday?
0: I think, again, there's going to be some questions, and we'll get to this, as to how de- how if Matuidi is unavailable. And, uh, Deschamps has indicated he will ap- appeal Matuidi's card, but how Deschamps ba- balances the team uh, on Friday will certainly have a lot to ha- – how to affect this. But I think that, you know, Uruguay are very organized, but, again, you know, they don't have the same sort of marauding fullbacks or very, very attack-minded defenders who, who are willing to step up uh, to play that way. They're very organized, but, again, speed is – somewhat of an issue for Uruguay, and I think that, you know, we could potentially, depending on how Deschamps sets things out, see perhaps on a repeat of this performance, but certainly Mbappe remaining a very dangerous threat, and maybe that allows, on on the subsequent occasion, uh, more freedom space for Giroud, more space for for Griezmann, more space for Pogba. Uh, I don't think we have to necessarily look at Mbappe's ability to affect a match being necessarily down to the output of goals. And I think that he could, he could potentially affect this Uruguay match uh, very positively without necessarily scoring.
1: Yeah, I would yeah, I would absolutely have to agree. I think some of his best performances for PSG this season have been when he hasn't scored. I think the Coupe de Ligue final was one of his sort of landmark performances. And I don't think he scored in that game. So he's definitely capable of doing that. And I think something you touched on really interesting there was sort of the, the space that he's allowed. And we've mentioned also the freedom that he's been allowed. And we've sort of covered, sort of touched the formation, which is something I really wanted to sort of, so sort of zero in on a little bit because it was a, it was a little bit unusual in terms of in terms of setup. Given that it was nominally a four four two, but Mbappe was given sort of so much more freedom and a uh, license to, to bomb forward on that right hand side compared to Matuidi and those sort of three midfielders of Paul Pogba and Matuidi almost shuffle across and it would become a four three three. And occasionally uh, Griezmann even dropped in on that right hand side in the first half. I was I was wondering, Jez, do, do you think this is a formation that? It, well, it feels like, given the performance over, you know, in the win over Argentina, that it, it will be the the go the go to formation for at all But is there a? It's an opportunity for it to be exposed, given that Mbappe is so far forward on that right hand side that there's sort of space, and it may be the fullback there is going to be a little bit exposed, and maybe Pogba's discipline comes into play. Who's on the sort of the right hand side of those three? Is it, is it a formation that against a better team could be exposed?
2: Um, I think Deschamps is likely to stick with the same formation, but um, I'm kind of I'm less worried about the exposure. Um, it's more the France's kind of um attacking threat. I don't I think Uruguay are a hell of a lot more canny team than Argentina. They've got better defenders, quicker defenders, um, defenders in a hell of a lot more uh form and confidence. So I, I certainly don't think Mbappe will be allowed the same kind of freedom. I'm hoping he and the rest of the team get a little bit more protection than the referee gave them yesterday. I mean, how? Mascherano wasn't sent off. How Mercado didn't even get a yellow card is, is beyond me. And um, I think if the same happens on Friday, um, I think France may may struggle. Um, he's going to have to shuffle things a little bit because Tolisso, um, as sort of versatile as he is, I don't think is is a similar kind of player to Matuigi and he's. I don't think he's going to sort of be, um, you know, bombing up and down. I don't think he quite has the same. Um, I was going to say defensive stability. I'm not, I'm not sure that's a good description of Matuidi. But I it's think dynamism he's, Yeah, he's got, I think, a little bit more discipline to do that. So, I mean, if it is Tadiso to come in, I don't know if he will replace Matuidi immediately or Pogba will swap and play on his preferred left position, even though he's been playing well on the right. So uh, I think there are question marks there. Um, I think maybe... Um, Hernandez. I mean, I thought in the first half, certainly Hernandez didn't attack as much as he has been in in all his other France performances so far. So, um, and there was, there was the, moment that's been talked about a bit later in the match when France were two up and he, he went forward and Griezmann sort of gave him the telling off and sort of said, remember Atletico we don't go, you don't go forward when we've got a two goal cushion <laughs> so I, I mean Hernandez has got the, the discipline I think to to stay back if needed and it's possible that he, he may just be asked not to not to bomb forward quite as much as he has done in other matches um, a lot I guess also turns on whether Cavani's going to be fit or not
1: yeah absolutely. I think first just a very quick point on that Cavani situation. I'd be very disappointed if he if he did miss the game. I think he'd be a great a great occasion to see Cavani play against France and given, you know, his sort of up and down PSG career so far, it'd be great to see him not from a completely neutral point of view to, to see him affect that, that game against the French, but it does look pretty touch and go for him. Um Eric, I just wanted to sort of uh, touch on some of those points that that Jared raised there in terms of the the setup um and the possible you know, admission of, of Matuidi, given that um you know would probably come in, but we, we you know, there's, there's a chance that he could play given that the that yellow card is going to be, you know, tried at least to be turned over by, by the French for the French team. Um what would you do? Would you would you bring Tolisso in? Would you look at Nzonzi? How how would you how would you try and cover the, the lack of dynamism from, from difference between Matuidi and, and Tolisso?
0: You know, as much as I as I love Tolisso and I know that he can add a lot. Uh, going forward, you know, particularly from set pieces, he's a very good aerial threat as well. I go with N'Zanzi. Um I, I think that Conte is as diligent of a sentinel as he can be. Is a player who can affect play going forward. He's very good at linking play with short passes, um, and Nzanzi has a fair bit of dynamism to him too. I, mean, I don't think we're going to see him, you know, go off on a, a sort of a rumbling Pogba style run, but he he certainly is not a bad player with the ball at his feet. Uh, range of passing is a little bit of a question for me for Nzanzi, but I think that he also is going to offer, you know, a real level of physicality there that's going to give that Uruguay midfield quite a bit more to think about. And perhaps even can drop between the center backs and allow uh, Hernandez and Pavard to get forward a little bit more than we've seen, if the game dictates that that being necessary. So I think Nzanzi simply gives you a little bit more flexibility. Uh, I mean, really, if we look at Matuidi, he played very well, but I don't think that his attacking contributions in that in the match yesterday were anything to write home about. And in, in that regard, I think making the making the swap of it would be functionally be him for Conte uh, again swapping sides, uh, but w- with Pogba that is. But I, I don't think that France would necessarily lose anything, uh, given how how fantastically that, that 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 last phase of attacking play could be. And even it could get it could give Paul Pogba more license to get forward and. and and play in an even freer role than perhaps he had. Again, he was fantastic on uh, yesterday, but he still had a fair amount of defensive work to do. But I think that if you've got Kante in a more advanced role uh, than being in front of that back four, then I think that Pogba could necessarily be freed as well. And you might even op- offer uh, you know, a bit more dynamism, particularly to, to link play into the flat with those fullbacks if they do get forward. So I would, I would personally go with Nzanzi and, and, and push Kante further forward. And whether you want to keep Pogba on the right and play Kante on the left or or switch them uh, you know i i think that that remains to be seen we um we, the point of papa playing well on the right is true but i think kante is perhaps a more natural fit on the right
1: yeah i'd have to agree that, that kante would make a lot more sense on the right i think i have to echo a lot of what you said there i think that likes a lot looks a lot of sense bringing in zonzi in given that even when they sort of drop back into defensive shape and Bahu was still sort of nominally on the right hand side and as I said, Griezmann kind of filled in there too. It makes sense for Kante to sort of switch over to that side because you cover that space. And I also agree in in the respect that Kante has such dynamism and covers so much ground. And as we saw when he was at Leicester alongside Danny Drinkwater, you know, there was the, the famous Ranieri quote where he said, you know, he, crossed the, he might cross the ball in, the header and himself. He wouldn't be surprised to, to see that. And I think when he plays with Chelsea and he plays in this French team as a Sentinel, I think you lose a lot of that. And bringing Zonzi in, who would be, you know, as you said, has a lot of physicality, uh, a bit of dynamism as well to, to the combat the sort of uh, very physical Uruguay team that kind of makes sense. And also, as you said, you know, you get Pogba on his left hand side it might sort of free up a little bit, even though he was very, very good yesterday, Jez, I thought. Best performance from Pogba in a French set for quite some time, do you think?
2: Uh, I, th- I think he's been one of the, the better players this, this World Cup. And um again, I mean, I think probably you saw the usual Pogba, the best and worst of it, but we just saw a lot more of the best, which is um when he keeps things simple. And by simple, I mean, you know, probably the the greatest Pogba moment was that sort of pitch-long pass um, from which Mbappé won the the free kick from which Pogba blasted over. But, I mean, it's simple in the sense that it was just one straight move, not simple in that it's obviously very difficult to do. But I think that's when Pogba's at his best, just uh, one two touches whether it's long balls short balls whatever it is it's there's there was still a couple of moments where he held on the ball a bit too long tried to do uh, a little twirl or nutmeg somewhat or whatever and then ended up losing the ball so there's still that frustration but certainly overall certain in this match and i'd say the whole of this world cup so far for the most part he has been doing Keeping it relatively simple and therefore, um, you know, really playing well. And I, I hope he keeps doing that. Um, I think a few people, including me, a little bit scoffed before, before the World Cup when he said, you know, I was, I was the young player of the last World Cup and this time I want to be the player of the World Cup. I'm not sure he's there yet, but, um, he's certainly going the way about it and not even just on the pitch, but, you know, he's, he's won a hell of a lot of friends with his, um, multilingual, um, press conferences and post-match interviews as well so yeah really impressed with with everything he's done so far including yesterday yeah i was gonna gonna agree on nzonzi i think i said it last time i was on actually that um it's not it's not a bad call and um both because you've got that and the extra dynamism of kante and also in terms of nzonzi i'm not in sounds silly i'm not interested in dynamism from him I'm, I'm happy for him to sit if it means that the front three can get a little bit more support from from kante and pogba if that's needed to to get past Uruguay's defense but i'm not sure that deshan will go with that because i thought although Teliso wasn't superb in the first match. I think personally, I think unfairly, but Nzonzi got a lot of stick for his Denmark performance. And I've just, I just think the fact that it was Teriso who came on just after Matthew got the second booking, first booking yesterday, but second altogether possibly gives an indication that that's, that's the way Deschamps is going to go.
1: Yeah, it certainly feels that way, doesn't it? I, I have to agree with you. I don't understand the the criticism in the from the Denmark game of Unzanda. For him and Kante were you know, for for in what well, was an absolutely dire game, were both pretty solid and did their jobs perfectly, perfectly well. Um, one thing I want to touch on, I want to move on to Greece, Griezmann and Giroud and the, the, their partnership and, and how they got on yesterday. But can we have a, a quick appreciation of Benjamin Pavard's goal, Eric? Um, uh, the technique was uh, unbelievable, wasn't it, on, on that strike? And out of nowhere, his first French goal and not something I, having watched him a lot at Lille, not something I uh, expected from him at all.
0: No, no. I mean, just the way that, I mean, it did set up for him perfectly. There's there's a small element of luck, but uh, just to hit that outside of the boot shot and have it twist in just such a way, yeah. I mean, You know, and uh, goal of the tournament. It's certainly a contender. You know, I don't, I don't think um, that we necessarily need to be ranking and rating every single goal, but it was, it was a thing of beauty. And and on a, you know, and certainly, you know, you could argue there's a little bit of luck to that. But then again, you know, hitting a shot from distance. You know, we saw Argentina benefit from the same with Di Maria's goal. uh, So I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. I don't think it unfairly tilted the balance of play towards France and. You know, well done to the young lad, and I think that, you know, we could potentially be looking at someone as he develops a bit more attacking now, as being, you know, Francis right back for the next ten years. If he being, I think, uh, 22 at this point, yeah. So very well done for him, and and you know, and Hernandez as well. The the way that both of them have played, given their lack of experience prior to the tournament, is is really really impressive, and to have the the vision to to execute such a shot, I think is uh, also says a lot about where his confidence is. I think that that's really, that shouldn't be diminished
2: either.
1: Indeed. Um, I, I'm, I, I would, it was fantastic. sorry, go on, Jessica. Go on. No, yeah, it was great. I,
2: I was going to say that I think that the technique was brilliant to sort of bend his body to make sure he still sort of kept over the ball, but also for me, what possibly just edges it in terms of goal of the tournament is the the cross for Hernandez was good, but the pass by MTT to Hernandez as well. So it wasn't just a shot out of nowhere. I thought it was quite a nice build-up as well.
1: Yeah, agreed. Uh, I, I would, I would just because of just because it was so satisfying when that slow motion where he sort of cuts under and across the ball and it it sort of up spin almost into the top corner. It was just it was a great great finish. And um, although I think that I'd maybe an underrated competitor for that, it's uh, certainly best French goal of the tournament at least. Not many contenders there, but the, the team goal at the end. Uh, eric was was quite something as well i heard, i saw some people comparing it to that brazil goal from 1970 which is a little bit much for me but um showing that there's some sort of attacking cohesion in 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 this french team now and perhaps now they found the, well, the a slightly better formula at least that they can they can sort of string string some decent moves together and and score more goals in in that fashion because that's not necessarily something they've done well for adam Hello? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just, I was just uh, asking about the, uh, the, um, the, uh, the, the team goal. Mbappe's fourth, the fourth goal for France. So right. It was, it was I, quite something as well.
2: Yeah,
0: and I think it's really emblematic of the way that this team approached this match overall yesterday. I think that what we're seeing is still, you know, Jeremy, as you rightly mentioned, there's still a level of erraticness and a lack of overall consistency from some of these players. You know, Pogba in particular you know, maybe Hernandez and some positioning, but I think that more than anything, there is what we're seeing with this France team is there's a clear and cohesive goal. And we're seeing a lack of selfishness on these players that I don't really think we've seen before. France has always been lauded as this team of individuals who perhaps don't fit together quite in the way you'd want. But I think that that, I think that seeing the way that this tournament is opening up with, favorites playing poorly, dropping out. I think that France might be realizing that, you know, with this, with that sort of single mindedness that this tournament could, is theirs to win uh, if they work together in, in a consistent and cohesive way to, to support each other and to work within the, in, in the lines of a tactical system that may seem unorthodox, but is, is proving to be incredibly effective um, at, Bringing the best out of of, of the somewhat disparate pieces uh, that make up this team.
2: I think that um, I mean, I've generally been a defender of Deschamps. I think he gets a hell of a lot too much stick. But the nature of this team, the the real talents are the um, I think erratic is a good word. Extremely talented, but for the most part, still very young, still very raw forward players. I can understand why Deschamps has sort of I guess said to himself, they are erratic, they're not always on form at the same time. So, you know, there's there's been very little consistency in terms of the front five or six picked from squad to squad. I'm gonna concentrate on making sure that we're as much as possible defensively solid. Um, and I think it's taken a while but certainly it feels I know they conceded three goals yesterday but I think it's fair to say two of them were relatively freakish goals Um it feels like there's more s- defensive stability Um and once you've got that foundation then the the, f- the front three or five or however many it's going to be can get to work Um the the great thing about the fourth goal yesterday is the thing that a lot of people are saying you know France aren't a sort of Spain-like, sort of ponderous, lots of um, slow-passing kind of team. And it it has felt in the group stages that they were doing a little bit too much of that. The the fourth goal really showed what they're best at. And if you're playing that kind of quick one-touch football, there is going to be some wastage there are going to be some um frustrating losses of possession but when it clicks and there's no reason why it shouldn't more often than not it's it's going to be great to see but i think you can only have the freedom to do that when you know that you're you're sort of being covered behind you
1: absolutely and in, in in terms of in terms of clicking i just want to sort of touch on that a little bit and the consistency you mentioned there i think there is a degree of consistency sort of creeping into the to the, to the striking department at least with france in that it seems that Giroud and Griezmann, rightly in my opinion, are are the front two. Sort of again, this is a bit of a lopsided formation, so front two might not be the right, you know, necessarily the right phrasing. But I'm not sure that given the given the, the performance of the team as a whole, I, I I felt that Griezmann and Giroud perhaps were lagging a little bit behind in terms of level yesterday. Eric, what do you think? As in. I felt the midfield on form, defense on form, Loris very unfortunate for the first goal, but didn't make any mistakes. But I'm not sure Giroud in particular impacted the game as Deschamps would hope, despite obviously a very good win.
0: You know, I think I have to reflect on what, on what I said about Mbappe earlier, that yes, they're strikers. Yes, they're forwards. But I think those two in concert with Mbappe have a relationship uh, based on each of their individual talents. That's really fomenting in a, in a very attractive way and they know that necessarily they can don't have to be at the end of every move and I think that that's something that you know Giroud I think we can agree has been a very tireless player and very good at linking linking play you know going back to his time with Montpellier but I, I think that that Griezmann in particular I think we're seeing a newer side of him where he's more willing to be a creative link and and work harder uh, off the ball as well. And I think that that realization on the part of Griezmann is is can be looked at as a role model might, might make you strong but something to look to as as a player who, you know, is approaching his late 20s uh, and hasn't really yet uh, shown for France in the way that I think he's been tipped to by some. And I think that 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 again that sense of selfishness is that we've seen in midfield, you know, again it, it it's not perfect for these players because they're they are being forced slightly to adapt their style of play uh, due to, due to the rise and prominence of mbappe within the team but it doesn't mean they're not working hard and working effectively to create opportunities even if they themselves are not the ones uh, who are the beneficiaries of them
2: I'd, I'd bat that up I mean I was I was <laughs> I had people agreeing and entirely disagreeing with me in my timeline last night. But when, when I saw that Lekip gave Giroud five out of 10, I, mm. I personally thought that was really harsh. And actually I, I saw today that he won one aerial challenge at nine, which I was shocked at because I know I I'm a big fan of his, but it really felt like he was winning everything in the air yesterday. So I'd have to watch that again, but I feel like he's, you know, he gives, he occupies, as Eric said, he occupies the defenders. He's, you know, it, he does it physically but he's you know he's while Otamendi is sort of tussling with him and but the ball can break to Mbappe for him to score score his first goal yesterday that kind of thing um and on top of that he the pressing that he does you know he, people make fun of his his running and the fact that he's slow and things like that he ran more than Mbappe and Griezmann yesterday so i just think his his hard work for the team and that the control that he gives um talking earlier about Um, how erratic some of them are. That's, I think, the big difference. I know they're completely different profiles of players, but that was the difference between Giroud and, say, Dembele. You've got Griezmann, Mbappe, and Dembele as three sort of electrons buzzing everywhere. But then one minute, they're all stepping on each other's toes. The next minute, they're nowhere near each other. The next minute, they're they're sort of selfishly dribbling for themselves and not even looking to pass. When Giroud there, you know he's down the middle. You know where he's going to be. You know what he's going to do. And the other two can feed off them. And, and as Eric said, all three of them are capable of sort of, um, even if they're not, necessarily doing anything with the ball they're occupying defenders and and leaving more space for the other two to do something so i've got no complaints whatsoever with Giroud he had another lovely assist yesterday um and then with Griezmann it has been a frustrating world cup so far just because we know that he can do so much more but i did feel even against Denmark it just i felt that he seemed a little bit more full of running than the first two matches and and yesterday again just although. Um, you know, really unlucky with a free kick that came off the bar, he put away the penalty. Um still not at his best, still not sort of late stages of the Euros, but I, I do feel like he's he's kind of on an upward trajectory. My only concern there is that um considering they work so well together, the, the number of passes exchanged between Jura and Griezmann this World Cup is is horrifically low. Which I'm hoping is just some strange anomaly which will rectify itself. My frustration there is that it's always Giroud who gets the blame. (laughs) Whoever's making the pass, if it doesn't complete, it's always Giroud's fault, never Griezmann's. But I think that's sort of Giroud's cross to bear, and I think he's probably pretty much used to it now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's actually a really interesting point because he does seem to be a little bit of a scapegoat sometimes, even though a lot of things that perhaps he's, you know, things he's blamed for aren't necessarily entirely his fault and I think that's a really interesting point. Hopefully that, that won't last for too much longer because I, I agree that, that that five out of ten from the surprised me even though he wasn't particularly threatening I felt he still formed his role pretty well as you said got a nice assist and was generally sort of worked really well for the team as always he was Giroud he just didn't didn't score which which isn't necessarily, a uh, you know, too surprising. All right, he's got a really good international records. Got what, 30, 31 maybe in seventy something games, which isn't isn't bad at all. But his his main function for most of the teams he's played for has been to help the team and you know be a focal point and, and hold up play and, and play others in. And he certainly did that really well yesterday. So I I have to agree wholeheartedly there on on, on both those points. Hopefully he won't be a scapegoat for much longer. But as you said, that's probably is his cross to bear, and he's already thirty. I don't much so doesn't don't really see that going anywhere soon so just to finish off chaps um Uruguay looking ahead towards the Uruguay game and perhaps uh based on this performance and based on the, the tournament as a whole you know we've seen Spain go out today you know Portugal and Argentina obviously yesterday it's in Holland didn't qualify it's a pretty open tournament so two questions to you both how where do you think this Uruguay game is going to be won and lost and where do France get to now are they favorites for this tournament Eric
0: I I'm not ready to anoint them favorites, but I think this match will be won and lost, you know, at how well Uruguay can deal with Mbappe. They're aware of the, what, he's, what he wants to do. And again, you know, that back Uruguayan back four is quicker than Argentina is, but it's still not pacey. It relies on, on its organization. So if Mbappe can keep his head up and not get frustrated, I think France looked good for a win here. 1-0, 2-1, not a high-scoring match. Uh, I don't think that will, Uruguay, particularly if combining doesn't play, are going to offer that much in attack. Um, but I th- favorites, I, I, I think that they're certainly moving up. We're seeing a team that's improving, and we're also seeing some of those other pre-tournament favorites uh, drop out. You know, I don't think Croatia were particularly convincing in the match that just finished either. Uh, they were a team that are really impressed in the group stages. I think it have fallen off a little bit themselves. So I think it remains to be seen, but I, I, I certainly think France are in a better position now than they were, pardon me, before the tournament in terms of that hierarchy, if not only bites into the fact that some of those other uh, so-called favorites have been eliminated.
2: I For me, just um, everyone knows I'm a, I'm a born pessimist particularly when it comes to france i was sure that argentina were going to win you know it was (laughs) typical that they scraped through so obviously now they're going to sort of bounce on from that and beat france so i'm certainly not the best person to listen to for france predictions but i think this will be a hell of a lot more difficult than the argentina match which you know wound up being a lot easier than the, the the score suggested um, I think Uruguay. Well, like I said earlier, I think they're more canny. I think they're better defensively. I think they'll just combat France's threats better. But I, I do still think France do have the, the options. Um, you know, if I think they'll probably start with Giroud, who can sort of match Uruguay's physicality. But if and when it's needed, I still think players like Dembélé or Fekir, Dembélé with his pace, Fekir with his nouse, can also, you know, find ways to, to to break through the the Uruguayan line which which hasn't yet been breached this World Cup, which is you know shows how how good they are at the back. Um so I, I agree it's certainly not going to be a high scoring match, but um and it could go either way and I don't really want to call it. But in term if France get through it, in terms of favourites, I mean to me there were three teams that were better than France going into the tournament and two of them are out. So they're certainly up there. It's just slightly unfortunate that the other one Brazil you know they're due to meet in the semi-final but if it it came to that I do think they have the beating of Brazil I think they've got a bit of an Indian sign over them and Brazil haven't got the the best record against them in recent years certainly in the World Cup Um, and I'm still not sure that, that Brazil are that strong a team to me you know Neymar may well improve as he goes through the tournament. But to me, Coutinho is carrying that team at the moment. And they haven't, you know, really faced anyone half decent yet, I don't think either. So, um yeah, weirdly, I, th- I think I'd feel more confident about France playing Brazil than I do about them playing Uruguay. But, yeah, one step at a time.
1: <laughs> For sure. I think it's definitely a, a much trickier game. I think Argentina will actually, although... Although pretty aggressive, yes, they lacking in in the quality that you would expect from the usual from a usual Argentinian side at a World Cup, and were actually relatively compliant. I felt in the first half, especially, there was a lot of space between the midfield and defence, which which France exploited at times relatively well. And uh, given, although you know you look at it and say France Argentina four three, you know it must have been an, an epic battle and then you know momentous sort of World Cup knockout game, and it was to some extent. But I felt that France, although brilliant, easy their best game of tournament, and they looked fantastic. Argentina were a little bit compliant, and and on Uruguay, uh, Jess, I actually think that your your Griezmann tweet kind of sums it up, where he says, on Uruguay, you know, they'll time waste, they'll go down easily, they'll pressure the ref, it's their game, that's what we do at at Atletico, it's going to be a really annoying match, and I think that probably just about uh, sums it up. Uh, So, um, my thanks to Eric and uh, Jeremy Smith, that's about all we've got time for this evening. Um, remember, check out uh, GFFN on Twitter and the website getfootballnewsfrance.com. So thank you for listening. Um. Have a nice evening and enjoy the rest of the World Cup. Allez les bleus!